1: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, Before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Daisy, the number one shoe machine on the market bar none. Uh, they are awesome. They rock uh, mentioned coach unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have a, a special quote unquote special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're, su- we're super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, And then that maybe maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple months off. I personally would never leave ttroops.com, but you have that option. And uh, it's great. So go over and check it out, ttroops.com. For coaches who want to get better, let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I pulled Coach off a run. So where do you run in New York City before we get into the intro and stuff?
2: Uh, I, don't, I don't run much anywhere. It's like the fourth run in my life. You
1: know? <laughs> okay. Oh. I thought you were a runner. I'm going, oh, to like...
2: that's, that's why I said it was a slog of a runner. Okay, okay. I'm definitely not a runner. I, I never liked running without a basketball. Uh, all
1: like, right.
2: It's not much you to do anymore.
1: Because everyone that's listening is like seen Casey Neistat run around half of New York City. You know, it's like.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, made, I made it like a mile. Okay. I ran back.
1: I I walk the dogs along. That's what I do. I take the dogs and they pull me along, so I'm moving faster than a walk. Yeah. Um, so, Coach, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Kind of tell you're you coach in New York, New York City. But I'm going to have you kind of tell, the, introduce yourself. Tell the tell the listeners about your kind of basketball journey. You know, starting back to your playing days and then just kind of working through where we're sitting here today. And and um, and then we'll talk about your program and building a program and all that fun stuff.
2: Oh, sounds good. You know, my name is Brian Shea. I'm a physical education teacher and basketball coach from uh, Brooklyn, New York. I'm a, one of those rare, lifelong New York residents. I've lived in Brooklyn my entire life. Uh,
1: oh, really? In Brooklyn?
2: Yeah, I live in, I live in Brooklyn my entire life. I've actually I've been outside of my, my, you know my, the house I grew up in since I was 22 on 30 now, but I've never lived more than like 15 minutes from where I grew up. Fun, fun fact to, to basketball junkies, I grew up in the same uh, neighborhood as Chris Mullen. Uh, okay. I knew the entire Mullen family growing up. I used to go to their camps. I worked at their camps. Um, I, I still see some of his brothers all the time. How many brothers does he have? Uh, he had three brothers: okay. Roddy, Ter- Roddy, Terrence, and and John. Um, okay. Roddy unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, I think. And uh, you know, Ter- Terrence is still in the neighborhood, so I see him, you know, a couple times a year. Nice guy. Like I said, I I was the first basketball job I ever had was working at Chris Mullen's camp when I was about 14 years old. Um, same, same gym that he shot in growing up. Uh, it's the same gym I played in St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a staple in Brooklyn, uh, church basketball, I guess you would say. And right. he, he actually mentions it in this hall of fame speech.
1: Oh, he does? Yeah. Uh, he,
2: that's growing up on Flatbush Avenue at St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, God,
1: he could shoot, man.
2: He, uh, could he, shoot. he came in one day after we <laughs> were in camp and, uh, he was wearing thong sandals. I'll never forget this, like the open toe flip flops, and he's like, Can I shoot you guys? Like, you're Chris Mullen. You can do what you want. And uh, I think he made like 17 straight corner threes from like out of bounds in like the big, one of the biggest gyms in Brooklyn. And just like conver- having a conversation, like, how did my son do today? Like, he was great. <laughs> like, right. uh, it was unbelievable.
1: What's he doing now? He was coaching for a while, wasn't he?
2: Uh, he was at St. John's um, for a couple of years um, when basically when Shamari Pons was at. St. John's yeah. run it was when Chris Mullen was the head coach, and uh, you know there was a big thing. He played there. He, co- you know, he was coming back and everything. And I don't think it worked out. No. Like how either side really expected it to, and uh, I don't think he's involved in the basketball at all right now. I know he was working as a. An executive in a couple different organizations
1: nbas yeah. and stuff okay really right. not, no, so that's no, interesting that you i mean growing up in brooklyn and staying in brooklyn is interesting that's an interesting all, twist
2: all my life except people tell me i don't have the accent I no
1: like you them. really you don't you, you i mean i was telling you about the other coach the other coach had the accent you don't have the act you really don't like
2: yeah, they just tell me i talk fast but that's
1: about it <laughs> you don't have that like Midwestern draw like we have. Um, what, uh, all right. So then what happened? So you went to, you went to school in Brooklyn. Uh,
2: I went to school in Brooklyn. I went to, uh, I went to Catholic school my entire life, kindergarten to 12th grade. I went to St. Thomas and then I went to St. Edmund prep. Okay. Uh, I, I played there for four years and, uh, I got recruited by a few different schools. Ended up going to Brooklyn college. Uh, like I said, I've never left Brooklyn. Um, you know, I was comfortable when I went on that visit and one of my guys, one of the guys in the team had went to St. Edmonds a couple of years before I did and I knew him a little bit and um, I played on some really good teams at Brooklyn College, teams that won our conference championship a couple of years in a row. Um, I didn't get a lot of time. I played behind a lot of guards who scored a lot of points. So, uh, Right. But uh, I was a captain in my, uh, my senior year and uh, I basically started my coaching journey. You know, I knew that I wanted to get into coaching basketball at whatever level I could when I was, you know, playing in college, just like. I always felt that I saw the game a little bit differently than you know, maybe the average person did. And um, you know, it was something that I was passionate about. And my college coach actually told me when, when I was a freshman that he could see me taking over the program one day, which kind of really opened my eyes and maybe I was right about wanting to be a coach.
1: Have you thought of making the step to, to college?
2: I actually started out as an assistant coach. I coached at Brooklyn College for four years. Um, okay. Uh, I think a week after my last game as a senior, I was uh, out recruiting um with my with my college coach and you know kind of got it to the uh, other side of the foot deal um you know that first year was an adjustment not so much the uh, I think my teammates always had a certain level of respect for me because they, they knew how how much I cared and how passionate I was but going from being their teammate and their friend to being their coach was kind of a an adjustment at least initially um I think I, I think I handled it as, about as well as I could have but what, um, it,
1: what is the what's the recruiting radius for a, a college like that
2: uh, Brooklyn is a commuter school, so it's mostly. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, it's not. They they just got like, after I finished playing, I think my second year, coaching, they started that. They built like a an apartment building, but it was it's not really a dorm. It's more like apartment buildings for the school. Okay. Uh, but we had kids from all over. Kids from Long Island, Staten Island. Um, okay. Kids that rented apartments. Like one of my kids uh, who ended up becoming one of my best friends. Who's an assistant coach at John Jay College in the city. He's actually from up in uh, Binghamton. Um, okay. Area, so he came down there just to go to school. It's really well known for its education um, programs. It's a really big for that uh, school, um, which okay. is why a lot of people go there. Um, and and then, how big
1: is that conference? Like, how far do you have to go to play people?
2: uh in our conference and at league play, um, yeah. the furthest team is um, from Brooklyn College, is probably City College in New York, which is like you know the most, I guess, the most famous CUNY school from the right. '40s when they were in the NCAA tournament somehow. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all the way up in Harlem. Um, we go from uh we went downtown Brooklyn to Queens, uh, a couple of schools in Manhattan. You don't schools. even have
1: to go to you don't even have to go to Jersey. You don't have to go across the bridge then, even, huh?
2: uh Just to Staten Island on. was only for, for okay. conference okay. Play. But out of conference, we went to New Jersey. Like I think I played at almost every Division Three college in New Jersey at some point. Uh, okay. Um, so because <laughs> that's that you for your out of conference games, that's going to be the longer trips you take, like down to Richard Stockton, which is in like Atlantic City. Right. I Stockton College now but uh that's probably the furthest trip we took um and then when we we, we actually won our conference we went to uh St. Lawrence uh University which is based uh all the way upstate it's like around the corner from Canada yeah Uh, and then uh that and then we went to Rochester the next year so okay a couple of different schools that but you know, it's a different, it's definitely a different feel than, uh, we-, we didn't have the long bus rides. That you don't was, have uh,
1: the long bus rides. So then what? So, th- so then you did that for four years, then what?
2: Uh, after the, after my third year coaching at, at Brooklyn, uh, my head coach ended up stepping down. Um, a lot of people thought I was going to get the job. Uh, they, uh, didn't, might've been told I was a little bit too young. I was only 25 at the time. Right. Um, I ended up staying a year at the, uh, with the guy that got the job, lost a ridiculously tough game in the conference uh, championship and double overtime. And uh, after that, I just decided that, you know, I, I had done as much as, you know, I, I pretty much could um, as a, an assistant coach that, you know, I brought in 21 kids in four years. I brought in a few thousand point scores, right. uh, tournament MVP. So, you know, I, I had done a lot of recruiting and um, I wanted a chance to run my own program and I was fortunate someone stepping down from a high school position uh, recommended me to their athletic director, and he actually reached out to me and uh, went in for an interview. Uh, and then, you know, I was fortunate. He's actually a guy from Madison, Wisconsin, um, who was teaching in New York City. Really? Yeah. Um, and I think he was a college athlete. He, he kind of sensed that bond in me, and um, he took a chance on me, and I'm, I was really fortunate for that. So, I, you know, I've been there for – I just completed my fifth season at uh, Adam Shute Academy.
1: Okay, and how big is this school you're at right now?
2: Uh, so something that's uh probably unfamiliar to most of the the country is that new york is is really big on New York City in general is really big on um shared campuses um, so the the building that the our all my boys go to school in is there's three high schools in that building, three separate high schools. Um, so really yeah it's it's extremely common in New York City. that's why. You know a lot of them are called uh, are called campuses they're campus schools, so like they're they just you know this first teaching job I had was actually at a campus school in Manhattan where there was five schools every floor was a different school um
1: they're just trying to make it smaller so the kids are more connected, or what are they trying to do there I, i'm
2: not a uh, I'm not an educational policy i think okay. the, I think the theory is that the smaller school the sm- smaller classes more attention um, right
1: no, no no, that's just interesting so when you hear like PS 12, that that's for elementary schools.
2: Yeah. So generally like PS is uh, K to five. Um, okay. An IS an intermediate school or junior high school is six to eight.
1: And um, those are all numbered.
2: Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I teach, I actually don't teach at Adam Street. I teach at a, a, a K to eight um, gifted and talented school. Okay. So that's like, that has the entire school, kindergarten, eighth grade, but my building is also a campus where there's okay. schools in my building as well. And then
1: what what what's the what happens when you have three schools in a campus is it like different lunch times different like Yeah, they're,
2: did... they're staggered everything. Um we split the gym so one one side of the school one side of the gym is always my school the other side is is always another school and the uh the third school is a smaller um school that's just for special education students. Okay. And they kind of like they know when we're not in the gym and they just go in there. Um, okay. They kind of work Work with us to get their own time, kind of
1: thing. Okay, okay. And how many baskets in court? How big is your court? Like that, that uh, intrigues me in New York.
2: The school that I teach at, I have yeah. my side of the gym. We have three baskets. If I were, to, you know.
1: Okay. Not, no, but right. at your high school.
2: Oh, we have six. We have six. You'll see okay. in some of the clips I show later. Our gym is actually really nice, and uh, I'll show you clips of gyms that are not so nice. <laughs> um, you no. Know, I, I know
1: have, we were talking about one point that you take, like when you go on the road, you go on, you jump on, you jump on a bus. I mean, you jump on the subway.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. We, um, I know that it's probably common for um, schools outside of New York City probably get on their own school bus and drive to and from games. My kids, right. get in the, they get on the train. Um, and they, they, they'll they get on the train or the bus, more, more, more likely the train, and they'll just right at the school, they meet up in the lobby, and then my captains make sure everyone gets to the train, and we go from there.
1: And do you, do you just, and then when the game's over, you talk to them and then they just go off on their own.
2: Yeah. 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 Much. Gen- generally, um, there's a lot of schools aren't too far from train, So it's not really a, an issue. And plus, you know, all of our kids will be going, um, they live all over Brooklyn, but the, where our school is in, uh, Adam Street's in downtown Brooklyn. So it's like, I don't know, 25 steps from the Brooklyn Bridge. So it's like, where they go to where they go to school is like a hub where any train can go so right. often they all head that way anyway together and then they kind of split off to okay going, but. no
1: i think that's a compliment i think that's a compliment to new york kids they're just kind of on um, they they they, they they're, they're, that's just assume that they're gonna do that yeah <laughs> there's an independence with that that's great as a as someone that hasn't done that you're lo- you as a coach lose a little bit of that interaction like getting on the bus yeah bus time um
2: I'm sure my guys would tell you that we practice enough so yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we make we make up for it there's
1: enough there's enough coach time that's that's yeah, true yeah.
2: um yeah we 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 try to make up for it as best we can
1: okay um and uh so do you always like so if you if you have to share the high school do you always have to go early you go after school do you have to go late how does um, that work the
2: the schools are the time- uh, the the Schools in the campus all get out at different times. So oh, okay. Our, our school is the um, it's the, where my boys go to school is the Urban Assembly School of Law and Justice. Okay. Um, it's actually a really good academic high school, and uh, there's an all girls high school in there, which is another Urban Assembly School, which is the Urban Assembly is a really big network of schools. Okay, makes sense. there's like 30 Urban Assembly schools throughout New York City. Um, okay, and then uh, the, and our, again, a specialized school is in the building, so they, they don't really um have any gym time after school they don't their students aren't really doing that they're in other programs right but, uh, our girls the, the girls school gets out first okay. so you know they're lucky because they can have girls from the girls team and from, from uh, girls in the girls school and our, and our school whereas you know we can't really get girls from the girls team to play for our team right boys team so like we only have uh, we have less students to pick from if that makes sense yeah it does um and uh, so the girls they get out first so they go out every day right at the school so we we come down, I, I generally get down to school, driving down there, take me about a half hour. Um, and I uh, we have study hall from 345 to 515 and then we go practice 530 to
1: 730. And so you you have to go from where you're teaching to get to the high school then?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that. For-
1: and is that hard for you to not be in the same school?
2: Um, I don't think so. Um, I was fortunate, one of my uh, really good friends worked at that school just as a coincidence. And then he was in it. A- uh, helped me out from jump. So I got in, you know, he was kind of like my eyes in the building. Um, and then I think that I definitely had a different approach than the other coach did you know, in terms of like being a lot more, no nonsense. Like I had to real serious, like what I wanted and things like that. So I think that my, um, how I approach things, I, I need to earn my stripes a little bit. And then after I earned right. my stripes, the, the teacher started looking out for me. The Dean started looking out for me. So like it became really quick. Like they, they knew by probably like the middle of my first year there that, like it wasn't gonna make more than a period what happened in school without me finding out about it. So like, you know, it's best that it didn't happen. And, that,
1: and that's the only thing I have a hard. That, that's how I tell some young coaches. That's the hard. That's the only hard part is if you got if you can have a pulse, it's good. Because I've I've put out a thousand brush fires in my
0: school.
2: Yeah, you know, years. I I think that our our deans kind of helped us out with a lot of that. Um, um, just in general, like we've always had. Then one, of, I actually ended up getting one of my best friends a job in that school to be the phys ed teacher and um you know he ended up being one of my assistant coaches so he was there and that helps know, yeah I've been, I've been fortunate that I, I uh I don't think I could have more of a, like a feel of what uh what's going on in the program and with the boys if I was there other than i I have to wait a couple of hours to, to um respond to any potential situations but then again you know they might I've gotten an angry text or two before I got it, <laughs>
1: and sometimes it's better maybe to cool down too. Um, yeah, so let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might be a good cool. maybe they, they might be happy that it's like a cooling down process. Um, yeah, all that right, so drives, talk, I Drive down there. That so do you th- do you drive a car or do you jump in you drive?
2: Yeah, I drive. I drive. it's uh, because I actually I my first year there I was still teaching in the city, and okay. um, it was actually like a train ride away from where. Um, where uh, Adam Street is. So it was super easy. I was getting there every day at 310. Um, okay. they, don't, they don't even get out of school till 3.30. So um, that, was, uh, that was easier. But then I, I was fortunate. I got a, an opportunity to work at it, like a really good, um, gifted and talented school, which was just the best thing for my teaching career.
1: Right, uh, and then, and, so where do you park? Because parking's a pain in the butt in New York.
2: I got in really good with the school safety agents and they, they started holding me down very very nicely okay uh, they got some gear i, I promise but uh they, they would definitely put some cones out for me
0: okay that's
1: that's the key yeah i know i do that shoot I, we, you should see our parking lot It's huge and i still when i go home for lunch or something i just i literally people won't move cones really they really won't move cones because they don't want to get out of their car to move in, the in new york
2: they definitely do move cones but like they do. We're outside outside the school that you can't really park there until four o'clock anyway because like there's school parking rules okay so like, there's a you know they're kind of told by the school safety agents it's best you leave before I get it moved kind of thing you know what I mean right Um, that's
1: (laughs) That's good it's like the secretary knowing the right people that make the school that's a that's a key thing for building any program too is knowing who runs the school and they run the school and the secretaries run the school and yeah the the right people
2: it all it all came with earning my stripes you know my first year like we
0: took it all we brought them to our land An endless
2: night,
1: ember hot and icy cold, the rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the
2: end, what will I become?
0: Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2.
2: Play it now with Game Pass. They used to try to rush me out of the gym because it was their time to go and as you know, they saw what I was doing and the impact that the program was having, It kind of lessened and lessened. And, and now, you know, by, by this year, I was getting away with a lot. Like uh, I, I was trying, to, I was trying to ease up on taking up too much time. I felt like I was stealing.
0: Right. I know. I,
1: I hear you. Okay. So let's talk about building a program. Let's, I think this is, this is good. Um, cause I think we've given people kind of a background of, of you. Um, so, what uh what do you think the key was when you walked in and then and then you can share and do whatever you want but when you walked in what do you think one of the keys was and how and how had the program done previously
2: um so school wasn't that old it was um i think when i got there they were in their 11th year of just like the school the the building the building that the school is in which would probably be really interesting to people outside of new york city actually used to be like a really big new york city courthouse and they, they ended up building a new courthouse and they, like, I don't know, transferred it to a school, transformed it into a school. Okay. okay. Um, so uh, people actually on the door to the school, it still says this is not a courthouse go around the corner. Or it oh, it does? <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's probably so, still –
1: some people probably haven't been in the – yeah, yeah, that's it interesting.
2: Used to, it used to be family court. Um, okay. And in the 11 years before I had gotten there, um, it was – they had one – I'm sorry. Yeah, eleven years, they had 14 wins total in, like their history. Um, okay. and they had just gotten they had just gotten their those fourteen wins in the two years previous to me, you know, prior to me getting there. Um okay. so like they had a lot of years where like they just did not the, the stories the coaches that I ended up coaching against used to tell me is like this was the game our managers would play in. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so that's
1: good. Those I'm telling, I tell young coaches, that's not a bad gig to take over either. Those like my, I was the only applicant for my job. Like those aren't bad jobs. As long as you go in with a plan.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that both um, intrigued my, the athletic director that hired me and uh, it's kind of scared him a little bit because I came in with like a a little portfolio, I guess would be right. like a little outline, not as big as I had when I'd been on college interviews, but. You know, was, there, there was some stuff in there. Um, right. And I, I think that he, he knew that the program had never seen something like that before. So they, he was, um, you know, intrigued by how that could go, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it was tough. You know, I came into a, a situation where I had played in coaching college. I had been in college basketball for eight years prior to that, between playing and coaching. And, you know, I was leaving one of the most athletic teams in probably the region um, that uh, we had, you know, we just had a really good season, had 20 wins, you know, should have won our conference championship. And I came into the first day, uh, you know, my first tryout at Adam Street, I don't think I could have hit a left-handed layup. Um, right. So it was definitely an adjustment. But I think that I I laid the groundwork from the, the first meeting I had in September Um, prior to like, you know, when they're introducing the new coach and things like that. I, I came in and I, I kind of outlined, you know, what the what the vision was and and what was going to be, you know, acceptable and not acceptable. And kind of like a, I guess like my, what would be my coach Carter moment. Right. Yeah. Your, your,
1: your, your, your speech on the mountain kind of thing. Yes. I love that.
2: Yeah. um, You know, and, and, and from there, it was just about, um, you know, hitting the ground running in my first year. Um, We, you know, I could tell that we had some, some kids who probably would have been a lot better if the, you know, problem with New York City basketball, I think other than the fact that it's become a lot more commercial than it should be um, is that and what do you
1: mean by commercial
2: just the the um, <clears throat> the amount of trainers and the kids who have handlers and my guy and this guy and you know especially in the the social media uh, era has has really hurt youth basketball a lot more than it's helped and, and I'm not talking about AAU because I, I coach AAU with the New York Jayhawks and, and I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, of you know AAU basketball when it's done the right way like I think that we have with the Jayhawks but just in general like kids don't play enough I played I've been playing basketball on a team since I was in third grade great like I, I tell my guys all the time I don't know what it's not like to not have a basketball season and right Hopefully, you know, the way things are looking, that might be the first year I don't have.
1: A world Literally a world pandemic so the only thing that would shut those yeah, trainers I've down been, and shut summer AAU down. Literally, this is it. This is yeah, what it took. I haven't
2: yeah. not had a basketball season in the fall since I was in third, you know, probably second right. or third grade. I've been playing travel basketball. Um, And that's just not common around here. So the kids that <clears throat> think that they're better than they are just because they're the best player in their gym class of a bad basketball players or the best player in their park with bad players or the, right. on their block, you know what I mean? Like when they're nothing to compare it to. And I, I think that I, my, my first year, especially I severely underestimated how important experience was, you know, regardless of what the experience was, like how important it is experience. Oh, it's,
1: is it, yeah. I say the best thing about a sophomore is they become a junior. Right. <laughs> the yeah. Best, Just, the best thing about Jersey because yeah unless you've been in the war you don't like yeah the experiences right. yeah.
2: just the amount of kids that i, I had my first year that were sophomore junior seniors that just did not know things that right i had i was been taught in like sixth grade right you know, <laughs> um it just it, i wasn't prepared for that as prepared for that as i should have been and how do
1: kids come to your school do they get to choose the school is it a neighborhood school? I mean, how does New York city schooling work? Well,
2: they're, they're, they've kind of gotten away from zone schools because um, you know, kind of like a, an equity thing, I guess would be the best way to put it. Like okay. you know, there's some really good schools in the city that if you don't live in the neighborhood, you you're, you're not going to get into just because you're not zoned for it. And I think that became a problem from um, you know, probably the, the, Lower income neighborhoods where students definitely could handle themselves, and, and you so can strong. get anywhere
1: you need to get to. It's just a matter if you want to, yeah.
2: Right, yeah. yeah. But I think when I was in high school, everything was still zoned. Okay. And then, um, I guess the, during the time I was in college, it kind of went away from that, and it became more of like a citywide application process and how you rank it, and then then if you were zoned for it, you got more preference, but it wasn't the end all be all.
1: Right. If you um, live across the street from your school, you have a better chance if you want right, to go yeah. there. Yeah. Okay okay
2: but um where where our boys go to school is um I, I mentioned before is a really good academic school, and uh they have i think uh i think they accept hundred and ten freshmen every year okay and, uh, um or something like that, and they have over a thousand applicants for those seats every year um, every
0: year okay,
1: and who decides that somebody downtown or somebody yeah, within
2: it's a lot it was, it's a lottery okay. <clears throat> and a lot of that is because the school is is uh well known for how good it is at um it's college readiness and um you know preparing kids for the application process. They, there's right. a nonprofit attached to the school that their sole job is to just help kids with their college application process from their junior year on. Like oh, that's all, awesome. That's all, awesome. Yeah, it's all those people do is, is, is work with students, juniors and seniors on their college on their college stuff.
1: Trust me, I just went through that with my son and it's like, oh my God, I'm just so happy that the <laughs> writing the essays done and oh my god it's just yeah
2: um oh. so and the school and the way new york city basketball is set up and i guess it the, the easiest way to think about it is um wherever you're at in wisconsin or illinois or wherever they probably have classes yeah um of, and that's just based strictly on school size yeah understanding um they there's that in new york city basketball it's there's double a a and b Okay. Uh, and B is the smallest class in New York City. I think C there's C and D divisions up in upstate New York, but not around here. Okay. Um, but there's a lot more influence about like who can go up and who can go down. Um, some some schools that aren't aren't big enough to be A schools and A schools are just because you know they either know somebody or the school has had a re- very reputable program or right. whatever the case may be. Um, and then there's a lot of schools that there there's there's no equity in terms of like you know who can some schools are really hard to get into, right? And some kids are you know some schools are not you know any some schools can get anybody in. Now you think about that in college, like yeah, the, the Ivy League and the Patriot League is really right. hard to get into, but they're only playing against each other, right? You know what I mean for their conferences. You know schools in my conference and and our there's Division the, the B division, we're, we're a B division school, really small school, less than 500 kids. Um, there, there's a B division that's just in the entire city, and every borough has there are, has divisions, right? Yes, I, I guess we call the B division the conference, and then yeah, everything else is divisions. Um, so, so you
1: play everybody, you play everybody in B probably in Brooklyn, just about.
2: We well, so we put there's four, there's four division B divisions in Brooklyn, uh, west, north, east, south. Oh, okay, um, okay, we're west, we're west. Um, uh, we're Brooklyn B West, like I said, we're basically okay. in Clinton. Yep. So every year you play your division twice and then you play a cross division once. Okay. Uh, so, but there are kids, there are schools in my division that can literally get anybody they want into the school. Whereas it's a lottery system to get kids into my school. So it's right. like, it's not equitable in terms of like
0: that level
2: Yeah. level of competition and things like right. that. And then you can, I don't know if it's big out anywhere but New York city, but charter schools have taken over <laughs> like taking over new york city and they're they're starting to play in are they
1: public charter or are they run by companies
2: uh i'd never know the answer to that okay okay <laughs> uh, but i know, I know so, a good amount of them are in the PSAL, which is okay. new York East public league okay and, um again they're not fair because there are they're charter schools that are that are b division schools and that's supposed to be done by school size but what's common in charter schools is that they're they have different campuses so where my school can only pick of a, a school of 475 kids right. half of you know more than half of which are girls they have three or four schools of 500 kids that can all play for that one team right basically in that sense they're more than a b division class
0: yeah that's just, crazy it's not
2: a, Yeah, Yes. I can go on for a long time. <laughs> it's like that.
1: Every coach that's listening to this dude can tell you probably six stories of their state too. I could tell you stories too. Yeah, um, I mean,
2: yeah. I'm sure everybody has their own uh,
1: Yeah, you know, they have their own cross they got to bear. Um so okay, so you came in and then then so what so let's talk about building the program. What do you think were some keys? What what are some stuff you could share with listeners?
2: Um I think that I made it clear from from my first day that uh, I had come from a college program and, and college basketball is all I know. And so that's what I, I was going to run it like a college program. And um, it gave
1: you street cred, to be honest with you, probably.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. actually playing basketball is like uh, playing a kid in, in my old school where I taught at first is how I got my first full-time job. But that's a, that's right. a different story <laughs> for off-camera. Um, but uh, I, I was just very adamant about like, you know, we were going to play the right way and and – I think the biggest thing for um, for our success, you know, I told them from day one is that we had to be um, we had to be clear about what separated us from everybody else. Um, New York City, you know, the, the the mantra of them having the toughest guards and things like that, you know, for the most part, true. Like you know, more a lot more street balls played here, and but that's also how the high school basketball is played here for the most part. Right, um, and if
1: you put and- that, you can win.
2: Right. And not so much that, but, but I wanted them to know that it wasn't about winning or losing games. It was more about like how we did it. And more often than more, more so than not, like I was in very, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of um, help in our program. You know, I, I had I asked, like I said, I had a friend who worked there when I first started and I got a friend a job. And then my first year, one of my friends just wanted to coach, so he got on. And so I, I think I did a really good jo- um, job surrounding them with, um, you know, young people. And, and to an extent, like my, my schools, my boys are all uh, minority students. Um, and I, I had a couple of my friends who are also minorities, looked like them, successful, played basketball, college degrees. And I think that was important for them to see, too, and for them to be a part of the program. Um, you know one of them actually just graduated from law school he just graduated from michigan law the other day
1: wow and he was yeah that's the real deal big, michigan big, law is a real deal yeah big, uh,
2: he's, he's a big deal dave lewison um, yeah. <laughs> but he was a big part of our program the first two years um and i think a lot of it was that because he looked like them was was working for a law firm at the time could tell them things that you know you know that the, the New York City gang culture is very popular still. And not that my boys are ever involved in that, but they, they live in those kind of neighborhoods and they know. Um, and he would tell them stories about, he used to work on a gang task force and here's XYZ what happened. And it kind of brought in their horizons. So, but to, to circle back a little bit, it was more so like, I told them whichever one of you is going to be the first one to go have a chance to play college basketball. Like I don't want you to get somewhere and have them ask you what program you came from. You know, right. what I mean? like, and that's something that that meant a lot to to me and to the to the the men that I worked with in terms of like, you know, we were building something that was like a name. You know, right. I guess. Your like, branding, your branding, well, your marketing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a that was a big thing too. When we came in, um, they they there was no uh, no sense of culture uh, of, of of that athletic culture in general, but no sense of nothing for them to be proud of their uniforms too ugly.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about before we came on the air too. Even such little things as the logo matter. Like, you know, like, if you, if uh, you a suit, yeah, if you put a suit, if you put a suit and a tie on and go to work, it matters. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like jump up and down. Like I say, um, tell your friends that would be a good thing. Yeah. the share this on social media and then also go over and check out teachwebs.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day